0: Welcome to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they apply. In each episode, you'll discover business books, past and present, that are changing the lives of people just like you. We'll cover some hidden gems, some lost classics, and shed new light on books you thought you knew. Guests range from up-and-coming coaches, consultants, speakers, and authors, to big names sharing things they've never shared on podcasts before. I'm Matt Johnson, agency owner, podcaster, and author of Microfamous. I'll be your host for this journey through the land of life-changing books. So let's dig in. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life. My guest today is Spencer Combs. We're going to have an awesome conversation. Spencer is uh, a coach specializes in helping entrepreneurs get into momentum and then master that momentum, keep it, gain it, uh, and then keep it going. Uh, Spencer is at the, at right now uh, has, overseeing and management and responsibility of something like 55 agents across 13 states and it's, you know is taken over the world and all that fun stuff has also coached for you know a mere couple of decades so he's a baby you know just getting kind of getting his feet wet in it um spencer is one of the guys that i've had on one of my other podcasts uh, years ago and which is when we first connected and i love the way that his mind works um he and i are both drawn to putting things into systems and if we see something that doesn't fit, we hammer at it until we figure out where it fits, and we put it into a system and a, and a methodology. So I like the way that his brain works. I wanted to bring him on to talk about one of the, the books that changed his life. We're gonna get into that in a second. Uh, if you want to run a podcast like this, just reach out. There'll be a link around this podcast where you can reach out and learn about our like our done for you service, so that you can just do what I'm doing right now: show up on Zoom. Have a conversation with an awesome, smart person. Walk away and know that everything is done for you. Uh, When when it comes to our service, that includes the guest booking, all the communication with the guests, making sure they've got what they need to share their episode. We handle all the email and social media promotion, all the back-end production, everything, literally everything is done for you. So you can click the link around this uh, episode to learn more about that. Um, But Spencer, let's jump in. So when you run across somebody, especially in, let's say, real estate, let's say sales, you know somebody that's in your kind of circle of competence, right? You know that this is maybe somebody that could potentially use your help or just somebody that's kind of running into some of the same industry circles as you. How do you explain what you actually do?
1: Well, thank you for that resounding beginning. <laughs> how do I, okay. So how do I explain what it is that I do? I take things and help them make it better. the The general person that comes to me typically is someone the The big title will be entrepreneur, but really it typically is someone who's in a service industry like insurance, real estate, mortgage, uh, some of those in, uh, you know, financial services where they have a service they need to provide. So then I, I I come in, evaluate what's going on, and I help them work on three things every time. It's mindset, mechanics, and movement. And mindset mechanics will generate the movement and which direction it's going in. So that's why we talk about momentum so much. It's because that's the feeling that people are looking for: is having more momentum in their life, their business, and so on, and uh, and but not just moving in a, any direction, but moving the direction that they choose—one that's purposeful, one that is powerful. So it's a very yeah. general statement, but that's that's what it is that I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's what's your favorite format to work with people in? Do you enjoy one-on-one? Do you enjoy small group, big group, in person? Like, what's your favorite format?
1: My favorite format is typically one to many. So like a, a group, uh, small groups where it's smaller, like the masterminds we've done, uh, we've done masterminds where I typically cap it off at between 15 and 20 most in the room. And that's where I typically see the biggest results because it's, a, it's close enough for me to, uh, to interject and work with someone individually. But at the same time, it's a large enough room that we can cross pollinate enough to create, uh, exponential growth rather than just incremental.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I was, I'm always curious about that from like a coaching perspective. Just if you enjoy the energy and the like, just the interchange and exchange. Like, yeah, it's um, there's there's things that can emerge out of dealing with groups that you can't get out of just working one on one or even with small groups. So that makes sense to me. All right, so the book that we're talking about is a book that I hadn't encountered before. You brought it up, so it's the NLP Coach. Uh, the authors are Ian McDermott and Dr. Wendy Jago for saying that right. And I have no idea if we're saying that right. Uh, so my apologies to Wendy if we're screwing up your last name. Uh, if you ever come on the show and share one of your favorite books, I apologize in advance. Um, but <laughs> let's uh, let's set the scene a little bit. So tell me a little bit about where your business and your life was when the book entered your life.
1: This would have been 2004, 2004, okay. 2005. Uh, for all intents and purposes, about 18 years ago, right? So I was, I actually had a very large real estate team at the time, six buyers, agents, two admins, uh, killing it. I was in South Florida Mm -hmm. here in the US and um, I was standing at the precipice of a divorce. Mm. Okay. So uh, as far as where my business was and my personal, that's kind of the big, those are the big labels for it right
0: there. Okay, so so like killing it, successful, super successful in the real estate team, but I'm guessing working some crazy hours there, and then that spills over into not so successful in the personal life. So completely, completely opposite in those two areas.
1: That would would be the 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 first the the assumption, but the truth is, is I built the team so that I could be home by six six thirty every day, and I had a better uh, my life was actually becoming more of a positive thing for me. The Uh, the issue with the marriage actually turns out later on, it was just a, she decided to have a child with someone else while we were still married. Um, so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, however, I learned somewhere along the way, I've, done, I've read, read so many books, I, I learned somewhere along the way, might have been somebody like Dr. Phil, like one of these big names that just, just randomly I heard them say, the problem with a, a relationship is that you're, with moving into a new one, is that you're going to take you with you. And so, I realized I'd gotten really good at productivity, which most of us would call that mastery lane, getting good at doing the business, doing just doing well in general. I mean, I had a, a, you know, I was driving a BMW 745 IL. I had a waterfront property in Cape Coral, Florida with a pool and all that jazz. And uh, for all intents and purposes, I had the productivity lane going. What I didn't have was the the mindset or the, you know, the Mindset piece of this versus just the mastery. So, I this is where this book comes into play.
0: Okay, got it. <clears throat> so, you're on the precipice of divorce, but the team is going well. You'd Matt, you're you're mastering, in a sense, the just the raw productivity. Essentially, you're just in the hustle of growing the business, but you got it to the point where it also wasn't, it, it's not like it was taking over your entire life, which so so you're living really, uh, like you you got to that point, um like years before I did like I mean you were you were there and we're talking about 04 I didn't read the millionaire real estate agent book until 07 and kind of caught the vision for what that even looked like in practice like that kind of business where you're leveraged and you're more running the business as opposed to even being actively in the sales process so so you were way ahead of me in that sense um so tell me like how did how did the book come into your life and what's the first big takeaway that uh, started to change things
1: so keep this in mind most people that are in a coaching role almost always have had some level of trauma or something going on in their childhood or youth. Okay. Got it. Any of them in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so I was raised by two women, two moms. And uh, that alone was unique back in the eighties and Mm nineties. And two um, very strong, narcissistic manipulative personality who was damaged herself. Right.
0: So the cycle of trauma lives on.
1: So they're, they're, they're crea- it creates this uh, dynamic where you're curious about why people do what they do. Yeah. yeah. And I also was very much into, or at one point, I was actually deeply involved with very legalistic church mm-hmm. and, and rules driven because I was looking for that certainty to figure out what was going on. And, and, and I want to be m- morally righteous, if you will, and do the right mm-hmm. thing. So here I am now in a real estate environment. It's the Wild West. Southwest Florida values are climbing thirty three percent, thirty six percent per year, right? Which similar conversations we're having recently, but at the, 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 the same anyway, the, you know things were just going crazy. No doc loans, you just whatever, and um, so I was doing really well on the productivity side, but I knew I, I always wanted to figure this out from a personal development perspective, and so I first read a book called Focus by Al Reese. Oh, a, I love that book! Oh my it, God, we could have
0: done an entire episode about that book. Good Lord,
1: it's a business book, but for some reason, because of the word focus, I ordered it and I got it and I read it. Um, I wasn't a reader, and so then I realized I needed to focus and I needed to get better, you know, go one lane, that kind of thing. And in conversation, in my market center as an office, whatever you want to call it, at Keller Williams where I was at the time, I walking through the office and. <clears throat> This agent had all stand-up desks, which, by the way, if you don't notice, I'm at a stand-up desk mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I said, man, I love that. The energy's got to be great. And she said, yeah, I learned it from so and so. They're an NLP trainer. And I thought NLP, whatever. Okay, I acted like I knew what she was talking about. By the right. way, you know that, that's that young man syndrome. Like you, you don't want to be weak, right? So. I, and then it intrigued me. What is this NLP thing? But I didn't, I didn't chase it at that moment. Then I ended up in divorce a few months later where I was, I was in a separation. I knew it was going to happen. I just couldn't figure it out. I was doing my best to what was going on. So I'm confused by her behavior, my ex-wife. I'm, I'm intrigued by behavior from my childhood. All these things are going on. And somebody says something about NLP. So one of the things I used to do to kill time with my then four-year-old daughter is I would go to Barnes & Noble or Books A Million and I would walk around and look at, I would literally read books in the store and put it back on the shelf.
0: Yep. Done that too.
1: Yep. And so I just came across this book. And NLP, if you look at the, the book, yep. the, the, the front of it, NLP is huge. So it caught my attention. It's like, what is this? Yep. Neuro linguistic mm-hmm. programming. So it was big back in 70s, 80s, and so on. And mm-hmm. it's still a very large thing out there. Um, for me, it's a tool in my toolbox, but it is not, it's not the thing that I do. You know, I'm a master practitioner. I've gone twenty, twenty-two 22 days of training, all this kind of stuff. I, I've done all that. I can rewire and all that stuff. Uh, but this book started that conversation for me and I needed it in that moment because it gave me some framework about how I think and how others think, and then how to separate yourself from your thinking. Got it. So that you can then, in essence engineer whatever direction you're choosing to go because most of us have a life because of the story we're telling ourselves so if we figure out a way to change the story we can change our life
0: okay okay which is interesting because before we hit record we were chatting about some other other books and i brought one up and that was one of my big takeaways too i came to it through a different set of books but essentially the same conclusion which is that you have this stream of thoughts going all the time and if you fuse with it in their terminology like you you identify with it and you say oh this is me thinking that then yeah like you 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 accept that story you internalize it and then you start to like it starts to filter essentially all the way you see reality and uh it starts to color your actions and it affects your the results that you get so it's interesting that that's the so that's the big takeaway the initial takeaway from the book was okay i have a story but that story isn't actually reality i can separate myself from my thoughts. How did that start to affect you initially?
1: So I will I will say this. The um, it, it helped me also because it says NLP coach. It also not only gives you NLP, it also teaches you how to coach wow. yourself and others. And I was already working with six buyer's agents. I was learning more about coaching. Uh, I was in coaching programs. So it also helped me from that perspective. That's another big, big takeaway. So this book really gave me framework and a process for how to how to make things better. Yeah. Um <clears throat> there were what you're talking about separating yourself from your mind, by the way. Uh Tony Robbins says it, it is, there's a difference between your mind and the mind. Yeah. Right. And then uh I remember specifically way back in these days, we're talking about where I read Stephen Covey. So the difference between us and other mammals is there's a space between stimulus and response. Mm-hmm. And in that space is your opportunity to choose Mm -hmm. and so those were all those are all pivotal things and they may sound small to anybody that's been in the personal development world but when you're out here dealing with what i'm you know i was dealing with at that time all of that sounded like gospel to me Mm. it put me in the
0: driver's seat let's take a quick break from the conversation are you interested in running a podcast like this then check out our done for you service and grab a 15-minute podcast brainstorm call We'll talk through your podcast idea and the business behind it so you'll know exactly how a podcast can attract ideal clients and bring you 5 to 10x return. Schedule your call today at pursuingresults.com. And now, let's jump back into the conversation. So what did you do? How did you get yourself out? Like, How did that all play out? And how did the book affect uh, the, maybe the next steps that you took?
1: So after I, um, I actually shut down business... In South Florida, moved back to South Carolina so that I could be closer to my daughter. Uh And um, I started coaching. So that's number one. I made it a business because I had people coming to me all the time. Mm. How'd you do what you were doing? Just like you just said a moment ago, you know, things like the millionaire real estate agent and teams and all that. That book was launched in 2001. It was 2002 before it really started going anywhere. And I was, and and the only reason why I got attracted to that is because I was already doing what was in that book. Mm. And, and that's partly because of the coaching that I was involved in at the time. They were on that forefront of, of, of you know, uh, building yeah, teams team and, structure and stuff, yeah, yeah, all that, which was yeah. not, not very normal. Nowadays, fast forward, I'm here in 2022 working with an expansion team, which means we got 240 something agents, 50, which by the look, I looked just a moment ago, 56 of them are my responsibility to maintain and help them grow. Mm-hmm. Right. These are teams in 13 different states. Mm-hmm. Um, So the, the evolution of the business just keeps growing and growing. But I took it back and went. I did coaching, and then I got deeply involved in the personal development side of it all. I I went and got the. I got six different certifications. One of which was the master practitioner license in NLP hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I went. I skewed from the pro, uh, the productivity route and went to the positive route, meaning all the mindset stuff. Yeah, and um, it, it took me a few years. Eventually, I I managed to merge those two, and now we're I, I'm working with both ends of that spectrum.
0: Got it. So yeah, that's interesting. So you you run across this book, it isn't just about NLP, but you're fortunate that it's actually talking about coaching. It turns your mind on to the possibilities of coaching, which gives you a vision for a next step, right? Something something different, some big massive change. Uh, what year was this, by the way, that you got into coaching? I got into coaching in 2005. Oh, so it was the next year. Okay, so right. you shut down. You shut down your your team in South Florida. You moved to South Carolina. You get into coaching. You've been in some form of coaching pretty much ever since then for for uh, you know going on 20 years total between your time of coaching your team and then coaching people and then now doing it full time and all that stuff. Um, okay, so it changed the entire trajectory of your career. It gets you into coaching. Those are some big, massive changes. Um, anything else that still sticks out to you about the book and how you've implemented it and just how, like how it's affected just NLP in general, maybe like how much, how much did NLP become part of your toolbox? mm -hmm. You know, like, is it still something you find yourself turning back to on a daily basis? Or is it something you don't really think about anymore because it's so far ingrained in you? How, like, how does that work for you?
1: Okay. So, uh, what I, what I'm hearing you ask is, uh, that was like three questions in one. Let me, (laughs) That's okay I, answer I, the I'm last hearing, one. <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is how has this impacted me or what has carried yeah. on since then is that what yes. I'm hearing
0: Yeah, that's okay. a good way to phrase that but much better than I did
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um there's one particular subject in in Nlp that I probably lean on the most okay. and it's one that I have to constantly review. I downloaded the audio version of this book last year to refresh some of this stuff okay, I have manuals I have pattern recognition pattern books all kind of stuff on on these things and how to change it but the the one particular subject that stands out the most that I use a lot is what's called meta programs and if you're not familiar with it get familiar with it because all of us are wired a certain way we don't it's not that we're you know we're only going to go one or the other but most of us are wired to bend in one direction or the other and so as a coach the biggest thing I'm looking to do is help create options. Okay. Most people just feel like they're stuck because they don't have any other options. And when I come in and give them a different perspective, which creates the options, um, then suddenly things just start opening up. They have Aladdin moments, as I call it, right? A whole new world. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's going out all over the Internet. But anyway... Um, uh, the, the point I'm getting at is they have lad moments. They, it's like a whole nother dimension because they've never seen it from that perspective. I am gifted at doing that only because I have practiced and understood meta programs. And the
0: first place I was introduced to that was in this book. Okay. So if I remember, I think that may be where Tony Robbins drew the concept. Cause I think I remember reading that uh, in one of his books and I think maybe one of the examples he gave of meta programs was you're either a matcher or a non-matcher. In other words, if you look at a situation or you look at a circumstance or something like that, either you're the type of person that tends to see the things that match and group together, or you're the type that focuses on and zooms in on the things that don't match, things that don't fit. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the that was a big um insight for me, or as Tony Robbins would call it, a key distinction, we'll use his terminology. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, so is that is that what you mean by metaprograms? Yes, that that's chart? an
1: example, right? Okay. So matching or mismatch. So uh, yeah. one of the ways to teach or identify or figure out rapid fire, whether or not somebody has a matcher or mismatcher, you, you put three uh, objects, two of them standing up, one laying down, and you ask them, what do you see? And if they say, I see the one laying down, they're mismatchers. If they see there's two standing, they're matchers, right? Um, And where does this play out in real life? I, let me give you actually a meta program that I almost always deal with people on in a, from a coaching business perspective. I suppose most of the people that's going to watch, listen to this at some point are going to be business owners, right? There's a difference between being in time and through time. Okay. And we can do both. But most of us are wired to do one or the other, or at least lean in on that. So let me explain that. In time is someone who's really good at being in the moment. They're the person that gets sleep done. OK, um, I believe myself for you. So they're the ones that get stuff done and mm-hmm. because they're in the moment. And then you've got the through time. They're the ones that look at time and a bigger perspective and they see how the past connects to the future. The future connects to now. Now connects to what it was going on in the past. And they're really good at the planning, the bigger perspective. The challenge is, is that if you don't learn a rhythm, which we teach with our rap session program, how do you, you know, how do you get into a rhythm of going through time? looking at the big picture. And then how do you operate in time? Yeah. This is what happens uh, to use. Let's go back to Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey talks about climbing the ladder, right, and picking, the, you know, putting on the wall. Through time, people are really good at looking at the ladder, getting the right ladder, figuring out the wall. Is it stable? Do I want it? Right. So they figure out the plan. They could go all through the details of the long range, maybe even three months. But most of the time, it's like a year, three years, five years. They got this elaborate planning process. And they know every piece of it. Mm-hmm. So, but they keep moving the ladder and they never start climbing. If they do, they climb it two or three steps and then they come back down because, I, let me, and they second guess them, but they are addicted to the planning.
0: Got it. Right. So they're, they're, they're looking at everything through time and they never get just in time.
1: Yes. So, uh, matter of fact, um, well, how PG is this, uh, podcast?
0: How, how PG <laughs> I think we set them to explicit just automatically, just in case you're okay. Listen,
1: people that are addicted to doing the planning, it's nothing more than an exercise of mental masturbation.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Okay. And it it feels good in the moment, but at the end, you're just screwing yourself. You've got to get good at, right? It can't just be planning. Yes. So the the key there is to help them learn how to get in the moment, stop second guessing. So with a business owner, I can, okay, we got a plan. Now, what are we doing today? What are we doing this week? And getting them into the moment. These are also people, how you do anything is how you do everything. These are also people that have challenges with being present with their family.
0: That is probably true. I love I it. I could yeah. go on
1: and on. So that's a, yeah. that's an example of a meta program. The opposite, of course, would be someone who's really good at being in the moment. They love to get stuff done. They're good at it. But they're so, they they climb the ladder, they get to the top, and they're going, crap, it's up against the wrong wall. And they go yep. all the way back down, right? <laughs> and then they move the ladder, but they don't pay attention to what wall it's on and where it's going. So I have to stop them long, and I have to slow them down. Yeah. Plan it out, and then they'll naturally snap back into the, uh, to the end time. So that's the that's difference so between true. time and through time. That's an example of a meta program in NLP and how I use it in in a coaching respe- perspective, to help eight uh, clients of mine find new perspectives that opens up a whole another world of results.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because if you go back into Tony Robbins' history, NLP was such a huge influence on him, and then he kind of gathered some other things from you know the worlds of uh, maybe cognitive behavioral therapy and like there's yeah, Tony Robbins is an interesting mishmash of of stuff. Uh, that underlies his belief system, uh, I think it's very powerful. Uh, a lot of it's rooted in, I think, pretty you know, generally solid principles. Um, but it is interesting from a branding and marketing perspective to look at what Tony Robbins did because he took things that. that were in the atmosphere at that time, NLP being one of them, and really built on top of it. And then just he just did a fantastic marketing job. But anyway. That's,
1: that's what I was going to say. He's a marketing genius. And he's that's a marketing he's genius.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. He's um, what would you call it? In the in the in the academic world, they talk about the difference between researchers and popularizers. In other words, like Malcolm Gladwell with Blink and Outliers, like Malcolm Gladwell is a popularizer. You know, Malcolm Gladwell is not doing groundbreaking original research. Why? Because he's busy writing New York Times bestselling books. He's, right. he's letting somebody else do the research. And then he's packaging that research up into a very compelling, readable package. Like those are two very different skill sets. And Tony Robbins is that, like he's he's a Mal- Malcolm Gladwell of personal development. Uh, it's really hard to be both. So if you, yeah, there's, uh, there's a little bit of, um, there's a lot of personal judgment there.
1: If you read the last two books that Tony put out, by the way, mm-hmm. "Money Master" the wealth and um, "Life Force," they are nothing short of a long sales form letter.
0: For what? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like the the coaching behind the scenes?
1: No, the the businesses that he owns.
0: Really? And I'm
1: not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and fault him for it. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Because all of the research that's in it is legitimate. It's all stuff, like every bit of it's powerful stuff, but through the entire vein of the book, it's sure. this laboratory, which I own a portion of, right. and this program, <laughs> I own a portion of, right? So it, but it's brilliant. And yeah. I am not faulting it because it, yeah, no, it's here's, awesome here's the thing. If you actually,
0: hand. you can, th- there's two ways to approach that. There's, you could be in that position where you're the one writing the book, and you end up promoting something that you have a share in for one of two reasons. One is you already own the share and you write the book to promote the thing. That's the cynical approach. The other approach, which you can find yourself in, is you actually genuinely care about getting the result. And so in the process of writing the book or trying to get people results, you end up starting the thing that you feel like is missing in the world. And you go, hey, like this doesn't exist out there because I figured out this problem and then I created this thing to solve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people that do that in the health, health and fitness space. My, I think one of my both. clients is one of them. You can absolutely do both, but I do. I do have a much higher level of respect for the people that care so passionately about the results that they get for people. That when they when they discover something that's missing in the market, they go crap. I've got no choice but to go out and start it. And so the research and the trying to get people results leads them to to create something new that didn't exist. Then I have no problem with. It. I have no problem with your book being a long form sales form, you know, sales letter to something if it's genuinely different and unique from anything else that's out there and you started it because you're trying to get people better results. So it kind of depends on the motivation of the person doing it. Um, we, we did say
1: this, this podcast will turn into a nerdy,
0: uh, right? Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of that, let's stop being nerdy. Uh, what's the best place for people to, to reach out and connect with you? So website, social, wherever you want to send people.
1: The easiest thing to do is just go to spencercombs.com. There is a a tab there with all the socials there. So if you wanted to connect Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you can do it there. Um, But spencercombs.com is probably the best and easiest place to go to.
0: Awesome. Okay. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. Uh, This is a blast. And hopefully people go out and get the book. So the book is NLP Coach it's ian mcdermott dr wendy jago you know comes out what 99 we figured out something like that like late late 90s so it
1: had. i'm looking
0: yeah so it's uh so grab it on amazon you can grab it on you know probably places like thrift books and stuff like that if it's not on amazon so um go get that it might you know have a massive impact it might send you down the nlp rabbit hole which can be very very good thing in some in some cases uh nlp is definitely one of those very polarizing uh things you know, this, this book might be a good primer to get into it and just see if it's something that resonates with you. Uh, it doesn't resonate with everybody. I have a really good mentor that I respect the hell out of and just, it just doesn't resonate with him. I have other, and other mentors that I respect very much that they absolutely love it. And they went down as far down the NLP rabbit hole as you can possibly go. Um, it depends. So it, yeah, go, go grab the book and see if it resonates with you.
1: And I think, I think, That's what resonated with me about this book, because I'm not one of these people. I think uh, you and I have demonstrated this already or I have to you. I don't like the whole rabbit hole conversation. This is very practical. Mm. And that's the reason why I was able to get into it and use it versus some of these NLP books that are friggin' huge. Even Tony's book, Mm. Unlimited Power. That's what it is. It's an NLP book. Um,
0: It's large. It's
1: so detailed and so much stuff. And you're like, really? This is practical
0: practical. Got it. I love it. All right, man. I appreciate you being here. Everybody. Thanks for listening and uh, make sure to leave a rating review on Apple podcast. Give us a follow on Spotify. If that's where you listen, share the show. If you enjoyed it, share it with another entrepreneur or an expert, if you feel like they get value out of it and uh, make sure to go out. And as always check out the books that we talk about on the show. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now to get the MicroFamous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, Articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the Microfamous Field Report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.